Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome then to this week's delayed edition of the Failed Critic Podcast. Jerry, would you like to apologise for this being released late? As it's, I'm very sorry. As it's I'm solely your fault. fault. Would you like to tell people what happened? Um, do you want to go for it, Steve? It's, 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 a, it's a difficult one for me to discuss, really. Deep personal trauma and all that. Um, basically, Jerry fell asleep. That's That's it. Nothing, Jerry. <laughs> just, just yeah. nothing more. Like you know, a child who stayed up past his bedtime, he fell asleep. I did less. Um, At least it wasn't so during recording. Wasn't yeah, in the middle of recording the podcast. That would have probably been worse. Yeah. It's all these late night recording sessions. You see, the extra hours we put in for you listeners. Yeah, it was just you too much. Break, broke Jerry. <laughs> Everyone, you broke Jerry. Right. Well, yes. I'm your host, Steve Moore, and I'm joined by Jerry McCauley, wide awake this Hello. time, uh, James Diamond, Hello. and Owen Hughes. Hello. Um, yeah, so this week we've been to see Paranormal Activity 4. Um, more on that later, though. Before we start off by telling everyone what we've been watching this week, uh, James, any movie news? Um, I, oh, uh, I've seen today, apparently it's now been completely confirmed that Michael Fassbender is going to be in the Assassin's Creed movie. Yet again, Hollywood taking my advice and casting <laughs> Fassbender Hardy or Ryan Gosling in any film that gets made. Um, so that's, that's good to see. And also, apparently, um, the next uh, Transformers 4 is on the way. Um, is, it, is it Transformers 1 or is it uh, Transformers 4 or is it Transformers <clears throat> 1 again? Um, who knows? They're all Transformers 1, aren't they? I don't know. Because um, <laughs> the, yeah, the, the beef's got a bit serious now and he's not coming back to Transformers, is he? Exactly. And I've heard rumours of Mark Wahlberg, but now Michael Bay said Mark Wahlberg won't be in it. Um, and someone, I think, someone on Twitter, I think it's someone from Empire Magazine said that if Transformers was going to have Mark Wahlberg and The Rock in, they might be interested. Um, and I'll be honest, I'd probably go and see a Transformers film with The Rock in it. I'd probably go and see most things with The Rock in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Speaking of things that have people involved that you probably shouldn't see but would go anyway, have we all seen the new Evil Dead trailer? No, Uh, I'm I'm sure Owen has. I haven't seen it. I'm trying to avoid it, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It it looks like they are going to try and literally just remake it. Well, scene to scene. Worrying. Well, Chris Campbell said he's not going to cameo in it as well. Yeah, although weirdly, it was 
yeah, he was doing some press for it, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if it was Comic Con or one of the other ones, mm. but yeah, he's not going to cameo in it, which which makes me sad as well. Raimi producing it, but um, it no. just seems so pointless. The guy who's done it has done—he's a Spanish director, but he's not even done anything that's like I know from Spanish film. Do you know what I mean? He's not even mm. in Spain. He's, he's just no one really. So yeah, I, you know, out of stretch, take the universe a bit further or something like that but going back and just remaking the first one just because teenagers these days won't go and watch a film that's older than five years old or something just seems a sad indictment of this current generation couldn't studio make some money just by re-releasing it into cinemas the, the original version as it was but 15 year olds won't go and see an old film oh why would i go and see that's old 15 oh, year olds are idiots star wars old star wars is old it's the best film that was ever made yeah, so, yeah, kids are stupid. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's probably not many listening to have this. Have we got any demographics that we, we have left to insult? That um, we, no, we haven't insulted kids at all, actually. Basically, so, basically, kids shouldn't be allowed a choice or make their own decisions until they're 18 and can appreciate it. It's also ruined Taken 2, let's not forget that. Yeah. Um, mm. so, yeah, kids. Yeah. Just the only good thing kids... Hitler is good. The only good <laughs> thing kids have done for us regard the film in the last 20 years as Pixar. Other than that, they could, that everything is just terrible. Yeah. And and that's yeah. a fact. Yeah, so oh. fuck, just fuck off, kids. Yeah. Stop listening to this now. Fuck off, you've ruined Hollywood. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. You and you pesky meddling kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was one, there was one interesting thing, sort of film related, not necessarily news news, but did, did everybody pick up on the fact that Larry Wasikowski is now Lana watching yes. or whatever Yeah, I've, yeah. I've heard about that a while ago and I, I just don't know what to think anymore. I just don't know why it Steve happened. Steve sounds very sexually confused. No, I just, I, just don't know, I just don't know why it happened and why why we have to be told about it. It's just, let them do what they want. Well, yeah, but they're now no longer the Wachowski brothers. They're the siblings. The Wachowski siblings. siblings. Yeah. yeah. And Claire that coming out. I'm, I'm, I am excited for Cloud Atlas now. I've decided. I've ummed and ahed and I've decided to get excited about it. So it's inevitably going to be a massive because, letdown. So because one of the, the brothers who made The Matrix had a sex changer excited about Cloud Atlas? Uh, no, no. I, no. I, was just, I was just trying to segue into uh, something just... actually about film rather <laughs> than the, uh, the sexual kind of... It's not orientation, is it? No, the, the, the gender, full stop of someone. There is. Try to, try to stop us being less Hello Magazine and more Science. <laughs> there is apparently a very moving speech that he slash she gave um, at the Human Rights Campaign's gala dinner. Oh, Jerry, just call, just call him it. Well, uh, right, so. Demographic now. There we go. <laughs> we're we're breaking tolerance in Steve probably kicks them out. <laughs> yeah. Breaking down walls. Rebuild his reputation here, yeah. and you just you kick a chair from underneath him with a sledgehammer. A sledgehammer of subtlety. Yes. Oh, should we do this quote quiz? Oh, I can't wait. The scores currently are, I believe, Jerry's on five. Um, me and James are tied on two apiece, and Owen is finally off the uh, off the starting blocks with one. I'm sure I'm in there. Get in there. Stop momentum. The yes. come the comeback is on. Uh-huh. I'm sure I'm only on four. I don't think I'm on five. Yeah, we'll take that. Yeah, fine. Yeah. He's, he's admitted it. He's on four. Uh, <laughs> right then, this week, uh, everything was fine with our system. 
until Jerry fell asleep. No, seriously, though. Everything was fine <laughs> with our system until the power grid was shut off by Dickless here. James? Yes, James. Uh, was it Jurassic Park? No. Oh, damn it. No. Uh, yes, yeah, shut off by Dickless I got overexcited then. <laughs> they caused an explosion. Is this true? Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. Sound annoyed. No, I should have listened to the whole thing. It's, I, I, I recognise it. I just can't picture yeah. it film. I'll do it again. Everything was fine with our system until the power grid was shut off by Dickless here. They caused an explosion. Is this true? Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. It's a, it's a Will Ferrell film, isn't it? No. Is it not? No. I'm, I'd give up. Jerry, I'm going to just guess massively. Yeah. Is it Dumb Dumber? No. It's, the, it's a funny film, isn't it? Like, I just can't remember it. it it's a funny-ish film, yeah. Uh, it is Ghostbusters. No. Oh. Actually, I didn't know it, no. But, yeah, damn it. There we go. I'm uh, just one point behind Jerry now, and it's my bloody quiz. There's going to be so many frustrated listeners now. People who are, well, you know, however many we get. Going to be frustrated just... listening to us. So, <laughs> yeah, that's nothing new. Oh. Right. Oh, just to say as well, next week the quiz is going to be a bit different in that I'm hosting it and we're doing Bond themes. It's going to be very exciting. Oh, yeah. not, not for me, I can barely remember any Bond films. <laughs> That I've seen. No points for me that week. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sure next week will be full of Bond-related discussion, not just on films, oh, yes. but on Bond itself. Um, this week, though, other films. James, what have you watched? Um, yeah, I'm just going to quickly name, quickly name check a few films and say whether they're any good or any or just rubbish, um, because I've been trying to catch up with all the films that have been released this year. Well, not all of them. That'd be ludicrous. Uh, but I've seen. I think it's uh, 48 films so far that have been released this year. I'm trying to get that up to about 70-odd before the end of the year so I can make my end-of-the-year list with um, some kind of authority and not just go, well, these are the 10 films that I've seen this year. Um, so very, very quickly, I watched Headhunters, the uh, Norwegian book based on Joe Nesbo. I think very stylish, very good, would recommend that. I saw The Gringo. Pardon, sorry? The book's really good as well. Oh, I've not read the book, although I've just borrowed... Um, the snowman, I think, of someone. So I, I, I really like the plot of Headhunters. So I, I'm, I'm going to read some Joe Nesbo. Interesting hey. insider knowledge. That, that's not how the job works as a as a as a headhunter. That's not how it works. How yeah, it I didn't think it was. No, it was, it was cool though. though, wasn't it? It was it was very cool. Yeah, um, yeah. I saw Get the Gringo or over here. How I spent my summer vacation. The Mel Gibson comeback action film. Um, slightly unrealistic. Uh, was good in places, was better than I expected it to be, but overall, meh, kind of all right. I saw Margin Call, the drama, the fictional drama about the banking crisis, really good cast, reminded me of Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross in terms of the cast, it felt a bit like a play, I'd recommend that. Uh, Is that, who's, who's, is it Paul Bettany, that one? Paul Bettany, yeah, it's so good to see Paul Bettany in something, I've not seen him in anything. He was on the mode, um. A week or two ago, and they were talking, they were raving about it, and I just completely missed it. So, yeah. is it really good? Margin Court, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, it got nominated for Best uh, Original Screenplay at the, the most recent Oscars. Um, it's got Kevin Spacey, it's got Jeremy Irons, Demi Moore's very good in it. 
um, and Winto. Yeah, it's really, really good. I saw the Inbetweeners movie, which basically, if you like the Inbetweeners, the movie's great. Um, if you don't like the Inbetweeners, you'll probably find it terrible. So and the film I do want to quickly talk about. But hold on, where, where do you stand? Do you like the Inbetweeners or not? I do like the Inbetweeners. Go, I enjoyed yeah. it. I thought it was. Yeah. I thought it was. It's, it's, um, one, it's one of the better sort of sitcom film ad- adaptations. It, it's, yeah, it's, it's typical. Oh look, it's a British sitcom. Um, we're going to make a film. Let's do it like abroad. Um, let's, you know, and it's got all the kind of slightly racist stereotypes. It's got the fact that the hotel isn't finished. Um, it's got. Yeah, it, it is very, very um, cliched, but at the heart of it, I think, are some very good characters, some good performances. First half is very fun. Second half gets a little bit preachy. Uh, but overall, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It's just basically a, an updated version of uh, the Harry Enfield one, isn't it? Oh, Kevin yeah. and Perry. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's okay. I, I, I thought it was better than that because... Uh, they had a bit more heart. I always thought the Kevin and Perry stuff was was cynical. I think adults being mean about teenagers can mm. be a little bit. I think cynical. the characters were um, more likable in the in between yeah. than they were. Yeah, because you're meant to dislike right. Kevin and Perry, or Kevin at yeah. least. You're meant to. You, it, it's it's a very anti-teen character mm. in that in the whole place. But yeah, uh, I do just quickly want to talk about Holy Motors, which I saw today, which oh, is uh, to be honest, it is the most bonkers, um, uh, almost indescribable and certainly very divisive film I have definitely seen all year. Um, It's the first film in 13 years from the French director Leos Carax. Um, It stars his muse, Denis Levant. Also features Eva Mendes and Kylie Minogue. Um, I'm there. Pardon? I'm there. Yes, yeah. Um, (laughs) Kylie Minogue still a very attractive lady. Um, it was uh, nominated for the Palme d'Or at Cannes this year. It's it set up, just to tell you now, it is surrealism. Okay, do not expect a narrative which you can follow or that makes any sense. Um, and the setup is Dennis Levant plays Monsieur Oscar, who is driven around in a limousine and has nine jobs to do. And these jobs basically involve performing different characters in different scenarios. There's no real explanation as to who he's working for. Um, some of uh, the first one is he basically puts on this makeup, and the back of the limo is like a, an actor's dressing room, um, and he just dresses up with full-on latex mask and wig and makeup as an old woman and shuffles around the streets for five minutes. That's the first job. That's the first bit of the film. You're like, the hell is going on here? Um, <laughs> Then he um, plays this character called uh, Monsieur Merd, who is Mr. Shit, for those of you who've got even worse French than I have. And he's got this horrific wig, uh, horrible fingernails, and he goes around like, eating flowers that are from people's graves, pushes over a blind man, and then he kidnaps Eva Mendes, a fashion shoot, who's a, um, uh, she's a supermodel. He licks her armpit, bites off someone's finger. It's it's fucking mental. Um, <laughs> basically, my my surrealism experience goes as far as some David Lynch films, which are the more mainstream side of surrealism. Let's be honest; you know they are still pretty much got a narrative you can follow. And Unshen Andalou. Okay, so that's pretty. And this is 
probably a little bit more structured than Unchen Andalou, but nowhere near as structured as a David Lynch film. Um, he then just there's other characters that he plays. There's what there's a whole motion capture um, bit where he has motion capture sex with someone else. Um, there, there's other bits that I don't want to ruin because they are quite shocking and you don't want to know about them in advance. There's a lovely, uh, there's a few lovely stories though that are actually just five minute bits of genuine lovely drama, uh, which which feel really out of place. Um, at one point, uh, he he goes home to a house and the housewife who was there is played by a chimpanzee. Okay, <laughs> it's it's not your normal Saturday night down at the Odeon type film. It sounds like Carl um, Pilkinson's monkey news. Yeah. It, do you know <laughs> what? I'd love to sit and watch this with Steve. I, and while I was watching it, I was going, do you know what? I'd love Steve to watch this. Because if Steve thought that 2001 was a bit odd uh, and a bit boring, then yeah. Um, do you know what this reminds me of? Has anybody heard of the Rubber? No, I haven't. It's available on Netflix US. So okay. Go and check it out, right? It's, it's a film about a rubber tyre called Robert bouncing yeah. through the desert and using psychic powers to, to kill people and destroy things. Yeah, I have heard about it. That's it's fine. meant to be actually really interesting, it's I think. mental. Yeah. Okay. Oh, we'll check that out. The thing about this film is it is de- there are so many cinematic references in it and it is definitely influenced by cinema. <laughs> Loads of it I quite get and I've had to read up afterwards because a lot of it is referencing 1960s French cinema which I've not seen but there's the Godzilla reference at one point there's a reference to Pixar's cars at one point um, like I say there's this whole motion capture thing and a lot of it is about the um, the role of the actor Dennis Levant plays an actor essentially and he never gets to be himself um, and it did leave me thinking whereas uh, Michelle Havanavicious is the artist earlier this year was a love letter to early cinema. This is Leo Carrick's drunken late night answer phone message to cinema. Um, it makes no sense. It's rambling, but there is some beautiful poetry which you can kind of pick out of there. I I, can't, I couldn't even begin to think about how to rate it at the moment. Mo, I, on Letterboxd, I just entered it as a three and a half star film, um, but simply because it kind of wavered between a nine and a ten and a three for me but it's nearly two hours long and i didn't look at my watch once um it didn't feel too long um and the central performance is incredible and he talks about the the whole thing is the beauty of the act it's not about story it's just the beauty of his little acting performances it's quite darkly funny in places i can see this getting a lot of walkouts (laughs) it's it's a difficult and challenging film, and there are difficult and challenging bits of it. But you um, say it'd get a lot of walkouts, but surely people going because it's not going to be like I'm guessing it's not going to be like in mainstream cinemas and you know things like that. Surely, if you and, and people who go to see it will probably know a bit about this guy, so surely they're not going to sort of acting can um, with critics. Mm. So critics are walking out of it, and it's their job to sit and watch. No, I mean, sure, surely people paying money to go and see it will know a bit about this guy and know what, not what to expect so much, but like, you know, what he's about. So you, you would think that, it'd, ha- it'd have to be pretty I bloody don't... shocking to to make you walk out. My my experience in my local art cinema is that half the patrons are genuinely cine literate people who um look who find out about the, the other half 
hipsters. Quite often of an older generation who just buy tickets for films. <laughs> you would you would not believe how many people I've sat near and I hear them having a conversation as the film started. They have no idea what they've sat down mm. for. So they just buy well, they've well, got too much free time or something. Um they buy tickets for um any old film. Um especially if they or they've seen oh holy motors. It doesn't say on the front of it oh, there's a man with a huge erection in this film. It doesn't say that anywhere on the poster, but it happens. Um, yeah, that's quite That's because in France, it's not yeah. uh, the person. Uh, so it's just a And they'll see, oh, no, no, it was um, it was at Cannes, nominated for the Palme d'Or. That, that's how people, honestly, I have met them so often, especially when it comes to what, they think, oh, it's a French film. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, let's go see that. Yeah, it's about a man in a, a limousine. Yeah, no, let's go. Honestly, they, there will be walkouts, like kind of like there will be blood, there will be walkouts. Um, if Terence Malick's films get people walking out of them, and they're not particularly shocking, they walk out of them because they find it boring. Um, this will, this will shock and enrage people. But I have not seen a film like it in the last 15, 20 years. Um, you may not like it, but if you are interested in cinema, I think you have to see it. Um, Jerry, Owen, will you, either of you be going to see it? I wanted to see it. It, I, it was only showing for like three days in my local cinema, and I only found out about it on the last day it was showing, by which time I'd already been booked in to go and see a different film. I was really gutted about that. I actually tweeted the cinema and said, are you going to put it on again? Please put it on again, and got no reply. So, oh, who to them? Shame them. Who was that? Yeah. Uh, I don't want to shame them, because they're actually quite a nice cinema. But, <laughs> but that was really... Uh, yeah, I was gutted about that because I had heard all the same sort of things as um, as, uh, as James, and I was really looking forward to it. Is that I think if you can watch it in a cinema, it would be better because I I know. Oh, me, don't say that now. Don't tell me that now. <laughs> you've got to either watch it in the cinema or be the type of person who has um, who can really focus. Because I know if I'd watched it on say Netflix or got the discs or on Love Film, and my phone's next to me. At times, there may have been times I would have been tempted to like look at Twitter or something like that, um, because it it is so weird and fractured. Oh, I would have looked something up and always got distracted in that. At least I was completely immersed in the film, and I think that helped. Talking of uh, tweeting cinemas, since I tweeted Empire about their squeaky seats, um, I told them to whip round with a can of WD-40. Not had a problem in the two weeks since. So, I mean, good work, Empire cinemas. It's good to know we've got that kind of power as well. Yeah. We should probably start using it for something a bit more fancy. Mm. Um, Half-price popcorn, maybe. Yeah. You, can, you can only dream. Um, Owen, what have, what have you watched this week? Um, well, I've changed my film at the last minute. I was going to talk about uh, The Iron Giant, which I watched for the first time since I was quite young. Um, can't we talk about that? It was a lot better than I remembered it being. But as yeah, we were talking about... Uh, birds, yeah. Yeah, it's really sort of lovingly made, and yeah, I thought it was really good. That used to be our family nickname for Emil Heskey as well. What, the Iron Giant? The Iron Giant, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, no, Diamond family trivia for you. I've changed my film um, to, uh, as we were talking about the Wachowski um, siblings, to I watched Speed Racer this week, which is one of their films, which was from 2008, and it's... Um, yeah, I mean, despite it being a Wachowski film, I kind of expected it to be really crap. 
because it's speed racer. I didn't really know much about it beforehand. Just um, just the idea of turning sort of a cartoon I'd seen as a kid. But I didn't necessarily love the film. It's just something I could remember watching as a kid into a live action film. That's not really a good sign to start with. Um, despite what we, what I said the other week about Turtles films, the Turtles films they were good, but um, yeah. So, but I mean, it's not a bad film at all, really. Um, the plot's kind of simplistic. It's just about um, this kid called Speed Racer who wants to be a racing car driver. Well, um, with a name like brother. that, you've not got much choice in terms of professional, <laughs> have really, you? No. His, his parents have kind <laughs> of limited him there. Like Billy Wiz. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah. He's, is yeah. this the one that... Did it used to be an anime film? Uh, yeah, it was in that, yeah, that's right. With Racer I've X. Never even heard of this. Never I've heard of never, Speed Racer. I've never... Uh, is it? Is it some new youngsters used to watch or something like that? Well, I think it's a Japanese cartoon from the 1980s. I oh, think. really? I just missed, completely missed me. I was probably watching... Bag push, probably. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't remember specific plot details other than there's a racer, racing car <laughs> and there's Racer X in it and stuff. But other than that, um, but yeah, I mean, like I say, it's really simple plot. But what I really liked about it was its use of like colours and shapes. I know that seems like an odd thing to say, but it, I mean, the way it starts out, everything is just so bright and basic. And, uh, you know, it's just like primary colours and stuff like that and all the shapes are just most things are made up of like squares or they look really blocky or they look just very round and stuff and then as the course of the film as the sort of film goes on and the story gets a bit murkier the, the colours get a bit murkier they get more varied and everything's just all brought together and the, you know everything stops being round or square it all starts to take different forms um, and it just really actually struck me how effective that shapes can be in like the storytelling not just because you know, something either gets sharper or duller or whatever. I mean, as speed grows up, as racer speed grows up, uh, speed racer grows up, and he starts to have more sort of complex feelings and understands a bit more about the racing leagues and what goes on behind the um, behind the scenes and stuff. And everything around him kind of reflects that. It all sort of grows and and, and twists, and, and the shapes and the colours just just become more varied and it's um it's really a clever way of, of of using that i think um so i mean some of the scenes in it too they're just really mesmerizing parts of the races i mean if you've got a kid who's easily distracted by bright lights and shiny swirly things then they they won't budge from in front of this film because it's got lots of shiny swirly things in it uh it should i mean i've got a kid to test it with i didn't watch it as a kid i'm an adult and i watched the kid's film but it's basically <laughs> I mean, it's a good film to keep their attention because there's lots of stuff happening all the time, very visually um, strong. I mean, it's, I know it's not always enough for a film to be quite strong visually, and it does fall a little flat with the performances of sort of most of the cast, although it's got um, Roger Allen, who is uh, Peter Mannion. Oh, yeah, Mannion, yeah. amazing. Yeah, he's in it. Now he's interesting. And he's he's actually pretty good in it, but he just plays like a pantomime villain, basically. Um, but he's 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 good at doing that. He, he plays it quite well. Um, but yeah, the performances from most people aren't particularly great. John Goodman's okay, but again, he's just basically playing the standard father figure for the film. And you know, uh, Susan Sarandon's in it, I think, as well as the mom. So it's you know, oh, I mean, it's, oh. yeah, it's kind of got a few famous people in it. Lots of um, actually. Someone who is in it, who was a bit of a cameo, I guess, was... Uh, do you watch Modern Family? Yes. 
Yeah. Do you know the youngest daughter, Ariel Winter, I think? I oh, yeah, yeah. She's, she's in it. Yeah, she's in it at the start, and she looks really young, so it's quite quite weird seeing her in that. But, um, okay. Yeah, so it's got quite a few famous people in it. And I guess the, the message of the film is really sort of unsubtle and blunt, and it's just about, you know, uh, capitalism and commercialism and how it's all evil and bad and stuff, and it, it gets into sport and it ruins sport. And But, but it, at the same time, it's also just a kid's film about a guy who really wants to be a race car driver. And all the all the cars are really sort of over the top, uh, you know, like sort of um, the little co- toy cars you used to have as a kid that weren't just little cars. They were like racing cars with stripes and all these like different patterns on them, and they look really cool. Um, and, I, you know, I, I, the other thing I, I kind of guess that it comes into criticism for, which I really do want to highlight, actually, and it's quite a serious criticism. It's, it's not a criticism of the storytelling or the visuals or anything like that. It's just um, a monkey in it, a chimp, chimpanzee. Uh, and I'm not going to get all petter about oh, it. Oh, I remember this. This is someone chin a chimpanzee or something on set. Yeah, they did. And uh, I think it loses a few points for me when I found out about it because I just thought, well, if you're going to use animals, you know, they had punished the chimp. Yeah, they uh, mistreated the chimp and petted ba- uh, petition to get it boycotted this, and stuff. This Does podcast is not allowed the um, the bit in the title credit uh, in the title, so it says no animals were harmed in the making of this movie. Did it, <laughs> did it have that there? Yeah. <laughs> Because all films have to have like a, yeah. a representative. Someone on set, don't they? They're going to use animals. Yeah. Um, interesting. Uh, um, apparently, the Expendables two um, mm. destroyed a habitat of um, up to a million bats in mm. Bulgaria, um, which I only found out after I went to see it. I was a bit annoyed. Um, yeah, they completely the caves where bits of that were shot. They basically made a, a million bats homeless. Bastards. Mm. Yeah, what assholes. Yeah. <laughs> but you know. They used a different chimp in the second half. I think the, the, what happened was the chimp like bit someone for no reason, so they started picking oh. up the pig. And, oh God! Uh, yeah, so that's, that, that's how Planet of the Apes starts. <laughs> this, yeah. this has turned oh, into just... this has turned into Carl Pilkington's Monkey News podcast, hasn't hey, it? Yeah. <laughs> Fit in with the, the earlier, yeah, cool. Uh, but yeah, so they they do sort of replace the ape, and the ape carries on being a character in it. It's just a different ape. Um, but it's seamless. It's a good ape. You must have studied the first ape's mannerisms because you don't notice it's a different ape. So well done, that ape. Um, but overall, it's a good. So he was one. he was aping the ape. He was aping the ape. Okay. <laughs> yes, very good, Steve. You got, I'm surprised that um, you didn't have most of these written down. We don't provide you with these film reviews beforehand. So no. Off the cuff, that one. Very yeah. good. He's, he's like Sheldon Cooper. He just he's just full of bazingas. Mm. <laughs> Let's stop monkeying around and get back on track. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as I say, it's a good film. Um, it's worth watching just to see how a film that's shot almost entirely with green screens can turn into something that's not half bad, really. Um, but, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it, the, the story's a bit flat. Characters aren't particularly interesting. But the, the vis- visually... I know, but visually, it, it really stands out from, from the way it looks. It's it's um, quite breathtaking at times, actually. Some of the, some of the races are just right. like say mesmerising. Um, That's finished. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry, you awake? I am. Just about. Trying. Okay, the film I want to review this week um, is one that James has reviewed on this previously, I think. So I'll try and stick to. Oh, I'm excited. Safety not guaranteed. Yeah. 
which is now available on iTunes, and I think it's on DVD and Blu-ray in the US at least next week. And it's region-free as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it's, it's got... Um, I'm trying to think how to summarise this without taking too much time. James has talked about it before. I think you went to see a festival, didn't you? I went to see it at Sundance London back in May. I think it was our second or third podcast. Yeah. Before um, Owen was there, yes. Those basically, days. Someone puts an advert in the newspaper that says, Wanted, someone to go back in time with me. This is not a joke. You'll get paid after we get back. Must bring your own weapons. I have only done this once before. Safety not guaranteed. Which instantly you just think, oh, I want to know more. Oh, you know, you want to find out about it. And the film tells you the story of these three, um, they were from a newspaper or a magazine. I think it's a magazine. I can't even remember. Yeah. And they go out and, and find this guy who's put the advert out and, and sort of try and get his story. Um, it's got Aubrey Plaza in, who I'm now in love with. Um, oh, yeah. she's, she's absolutely fantastic in this, as is the, the main sort of nutty character played by Mark Duplass, who's absolutely fantastic. And there is also a brilliant cameo by Jeff Garland as well. <laughs> One point out of uh, Kirby Enthusiasm. Yeah. Which I appreciate a lot. Um, it was just a fantastic film. It was funny. It was, you know, the story itself was really interesting. The characters were really sort of well-developed. And, and even though at first a couple of them seemed really caricaturish, actually they they became a lot better as time went on. Do you, do you agree with me, James? Yes, yeah. The the, the beginning bit, uh, I would say the, the head reporter they go with is like stereotypical, um, kind of arrogant, journo, hate small town people. Um, they bring a kind of, Asian geek guy with them, but um, you're right. They do get to develop as characters, uh, and even Mark Duplass's character, the main guy, the the guy who time travels, apparently starts off as a bit of a nut, but you get to see a lot more layers with his character as well. Um, yeah, no, I, I I I adored it at the time, and there was it's it was quite interesting when I saw it. There was a Q and A with the director there. He said they were aiming for that 1980s Amblin kind of Spielberg almost yeah, um, does family have, vibe. You know, it's, that it's, feel, and particularly the location as well. You know, it's very yeah. lush, very sort of rural, uh, woody, sort of foresty uh, America, that kind of slightly run down, slightly forgotten by the rest of society, a bit behind. And it, ah, it's, it's, it was fantastic. I mean, the, the, visually it was very well shot as well. I thought there was a lot of yes. sort of, you felt very involved, but you never, it wasn't sort of horribly claustrophobic like some films are when they're trying to do this kind of thing. Yeah, it's that Colin Trevorrow was the um, director. It's his debut feature, I know that. You you get the feeling that if it had been made in the 80s, instead of the three cynical journalists, it would have been three kids. Yeah. Like, who kept, who, and one of them befriended this guy. But you, when you look at the rest of them, you think actually pretty much the rest of it would be exactly the same. Yeah. I mean, it does have that sort of teen movie, sort yeah. of coming of age kind of feel about it, but it's not, it's not that. And, you know, Aubrey Plaza's character is sort of 20 something and real stuck in a rut, can't really, you know, wants to, it's not really satisfied with her life, but can't really work out how to progress it, you know. But yeah. it's, it's, it's that replacing the teenager. And, you know, all the characters have their own sort of motivations, which aren't readily apparent at the start. So I, I, I initially thought, oh, this is a bit sort of cliched and, stereotypical with these characters but actually give it time they, they really do get better at coming to their own it's really well written as well um, which you know I say this a lot but 
good writing is probably the, the most crucial bit to a film. And I think there's a lot of good writers out there who are just starting, and there's a lot of writers who I'm now going to follow, and same with directors. And this is one of them. I mean, there's, I think every few weeks I say, oh, I'm going to follow this person now. <laughs> discovered them. But, um, you know, this is basically the first thing that, that uh, Derek Connolly's name has written. Yeah. It's first thing that Colin Trevorrow's directed. So I'm yeah. really looking forward to seeing what they do. It's out in UK cinemas on Boxing Day. It's finally got a distribution deal over here. Probably being your local independence. I've just suddenly, because you know, I, I keep meaning I want to rewatch it, but I've just suddenly remembered one line from it, which just just summed it up. It was beautiful when uh, when time travel got I'm really bad. I can't remember his name. Says he asks character played by Aubrey Plaza, "Have you ever looked certain death in the eye?" And she says that if there, if it was so certain, she wouldn't be here. And I was like. Oh, that's lovely. I'm in love with her. Um, uh, yeah, and there's lovely interplay. There's a lovely chemistry between those two. Yeah, the dynamic um, between them is fantastic. I think that's what really holds the film together as well. Yeah, and if you see this and want to see more of Aubrey Plaza, then um, watch Parks and Recreation, uh, US sitcom, which is fantastic. It's had four series. It's on US Netflix. And Mark Duplass is the main character in the US sitcom called The League, which is about a fantasy football league. Um, and he's also been in another quite a few other films and he um co-wrote and directed jeff who lives at hope uh which both uh jerry and i enjoyed earlier this year as well he did that was that was going to be my little fact there oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> i've got to give away sort of declare my interest in that yeah he, he was involved in that um he was also in quite a few things he's, he's got quite a recognizable face but actually he's not really been in that much which is, is a strange one he was in um, Greenberg, which was the sort of odd and still one. Um, he was the guy who I think he, he had a party or something. That was where I, I remembered because I recognised his face. And uh, that was the only thing that I'd seen that he was in. Um, overall... He's the one who got it made, actually, because he, um, he, he got the finance together. Uh, he, he is quite a powerful person in kind of mumblecore indie filmmaking circles and they he liked the script so much he's he's the person who attracted to finance which is really good to see as well yeah it's a fantastic film go out and watch it go out and spot it it's taken that long for it to get released that i've ended up watching it on itunes uh, yeah. with the us account so you know it's, it's coming out on blu-ray and dvd you can import it if you want but we'll try and get out and see it because it's a fantastic film totally yeah. totally recommended it, it's and you know what it's perfect it's out on boxing day that week between Christmas and New Year where you might have a few days off, fancy going to the cinema during the... Um, go with a friend and see it. it is, it's a lovely, feel-good film. Right. Well, I have watched a few films since um, the last actual film review podcast we found, which obviously was on TV special last week. I watched Cabin in the Woods again on Blu-ray. Um, obviously you lose, if you've seen it before, you lose some of the suspense or in the plot, but it's still a good film, still enjoyable. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and you probably notice more film references, you know, for other horror films they put in throughout the, the movie. Throughout, um, I expect there's some good, double, uh, um, bonus features on there as well. I haven't got time, I haven't had time to get round to them. Watch Bruno for the first time as well. Um, very horrible. funny. Sorry? Horrible, horrible film. I thought it was, was funny. Um, I thought it was alright. You know, not, I, not I'm very much in a minority for sort of hating it. I think not not as he's, not as good as Borat, but I think he works better when he's when he's doing these characters not in you know 
an actual fictional film like the Ali G movie or the dictator, but when he's taking these fictional characters but inflicting them on real people and getting real people to just show themselves up as idiots. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that's the best thing he does. But I just I, I thought Bruno was a bit too much. It was it was gratuitous, and I mm. don't find a lot of things gratuitous. But that was that was that that's what it was. It's um, just but yeah, I watched um, the raid for the first time um, on. Oh, did you I watch it at the time? I no, I, I couldn't. I watched it tonight again. For, for, what, for whatever reason, I can't remember now, but I couldn't get to the cinema the week it was on. You fell asleep, Steve. No, no, not quite as bad as that. Um, no, so yeah, watched it for the first time on Blu-ray. Um, in it is Indonesian, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Indonesian police squad um, group of armed police have to take over a building floor by floor that's um, well owned, run by a, a prominent drug dealer, crime lord. Bit similar to the Joe Strade premise, but you know it's not a rip off by any means. Um, because it came first. Yeah, <laughs> they were developed separately, but the similarities are very striking. Yeah. Actually, when I watched it again earlier tonight, I thought this is exactly the same. Mm. But they were developed completely separately. Yeah, good. Both, of course, ripped off Lahore, but then includes zombies. <laughs> yeah, but but. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, good, simple plot, um, and just lots of fun ways of people being killed. Lots of you know, exciting uh, martial arts, um, sort of inventive ways of of killing people, and just a good all-out action film. Doesn't take itself too seriously. Is enjoyable all the way through. You don't really ever get bored during it. Um, so ha- if you haven't seen it see it um and if you know don't wait for the american remake because that's just dumb yeah what did you think of the fight scene steve like the fight scene just epic on every level isn't it though it's just amazing that fight scene with the yeah, yeah. Oh, no, i'm not going to say anything about it actually because yeah. it'll spoil it just, yeah the, yeah <laughs> anyone who's seen it knows which but that that said there are a number of absolutely epically brilliant fight scenes throughout the whole film. I think we said at the time it does feel a bit like a computer game where um, our heroes keep coming up against bosses and kind of like defeat them and then move on to the next level of bosses. And stuff like, like Streets that. of Rage. And, uh, yes, yes, very much like Streets of Rage. Um, which is, again, why you all need to watch Old Boy because there is, mm-hmm. there's an actual side-scrolling fight in Old Boy. Oh, wow. Amazing. <laughs> It's just in a corridor, side-scrolling. It's fucking amazing. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> um, well, Paranormal Activity 4, then, um, or the week that we banned Owen from picking films for us to see. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we'll, I'll let you guys start. Well, since yeah, I think it's only it, fair. Let's put it this way. We'll be doing a spoiler alert for this film. Um, but we'll obviously tell you when that's coming, as always. Uh, before we open up the discussion on the film, Owen, do you want to, as probably the biggest fan of this franchise on here, just introduce it, tell people what's going on when the film starts? Okay, well, it follows 
on directly from the end of the first and the very end of the second film. Because the second film in the franchise is mostly prequel, bit of a sequel. Um, the third film is completely beginning of the whole franchise prequel. But Paranormal Activity 4 starts, I think it's four, five years after the original film ended. And it's now about um, a family of uh, a mom and a dad, a daughter, and their young son, Wyatt, who's about five or six years old. And uh, there's a creepy girl, a uh, woman who lives over the road from them, who you'll recognise from the very first film, and her son who is also a bit creepy. Oh, very creepy. He's a very <laughs> creepy kid. Um, strange things start happening to this girl. She's using Skype a lot to talk to her boyfriend, and she uses... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they get much better calls than we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, none of them going out of their cars to record it or anything yeah. like that. So. <laughs> no, shock. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so she's, she's all automatically started to record stuff anyway. And, uh, as more creepy stuff goes on, they set up laptops around the house to actually record every room in the house. So, yeah, basically more of the same with regards to that. But the story is, uh, definitely a sequel now. They've, they've given up on this prequel idea and gone straight into sequels and, without spoiling any of the previous films, I think it's actually a really good continuation of that story. I think I you get to see more of, um, or learn more about, I guess, the the demon that's involved with it, the haunting, I guess, and the kid in particular, which... Um, yeah, I don't I, like say. I want. I want to listen to what you guys have got to say to criticise it first before I come back with the rebuttal. Oh, it's, uh, it basically. I did. It, I enjoyed the first three films in the in the series in the franchise. Did you, Steve, for, I didn't know that. Okay. For, for, for what okay. they for what they were. I mean, obviously, okay. they're not going to make my top ten films of all time by any means, but they're enjoyable for what they had. They had the desired effect. This one, I felt with the previous three, they built up a lot of tension. Sort of made you feel really tense and sort of, you know, that kind of feeling, whether you watched them at home or in the cinema or whatever. But then, you know, there was a payoff to it. There was the, there was the scary moment. There was the moment that made you jump. There was the you know, there was the moment that made you go fucking hell, what's going on there? And this this film, the tension built up, and I didn't think there was any payoff. I thought it built up the tension, and then when when it t- came time for the payoff, you're like, oh, all right. All right. I don't know if it's because it's been done in three films before, so you're kind of desensitised to it, or if this film just didn't really achieve it that well compared oh. to the other three. It's the second one, Steve, because I haven't seen any of the other three, and I still have the same reaction. I'll go through like, the first 15 minutes, right, and, then, you know, I've got the, the advantage of not having seen the first two or three films. So the first 15 minutes, you know, this is quite interesting, it's quite good, I'm quite interested, I want to know what's happening. Oh, it's quite an unusual format. And then nothing happened. <laughs> and then the, the film carried on and nothing happened and nothing happened and it just went on and on and on and very very little happened in this film I mean the, the product placement pissed me off massively absolutely <laughs> massively it was quite a bit wasn't I, I mean and, yeah. and it's cheap enough to make and it's it that that annoyed me in that 
look, this film is a guaranteed profit. Okay, <coughs> This film, it was always going to make profit because it's cheap to make and people will definitely go and see it. Okay, there is a, an audience for it out there. So, yeah, the the extra product placement and the amount of it was, is just pure naked this, studio yeah, green. This is one of the first ever where a product placement has been integral to the bloody story. Like, I mean, you know... The, Although, and I don't think, we can, was, I don't think we can spoil it. I actually quite liked that right at the beginning. Okay, I thought, oh, I didn't know that about Connect. That, that looks quite cool. And obviously... Someone had told someone had told one of the filmmakers at some point. They thought, "All oh, right, yeah, we'll have to get that in there," and it worked quite well. It worked the that first scene, but it? yeah, but then it was constantly on. And who leaves their connect turned on all the time? Don't don't exactly. people know about standby. Oh, but yeah, they who leaves the connect all the time. <laughs> <laughs> they t- they turned it on all the time specifically to to record it. Okay, all right. Uh, but okay. I mean, but, yeah. oh, who turned on that lounge? Who turned that lounge? Um, video camera to night vision mode at night though that's what I want to know mm, yeah because when it's so daytime it's off, not on night vision mode and he came down and turned the light on and it was normal and then yeah. he turned the light off but yeah that's just a, what I what I, I want because a couple of weeks ago I I think I reviewed paranormal activity on here didn't I because OMJ kind of sent it to me um, and I kind of Gave oh, I, I gave my speech on why found footage doesn't really work for me. You can also check out on my latest uh, weekly rant on failcritics.com uh, where I expand on that a little bit. Um, and so I don't want to rehash a lot of my arguments about why found footage doesn't work for me as a technique. What I will say is I've only seen the first film and this film and... About halfway through, I thought this film was better. I thought the acting was better uh, than the first film. It's... And I thought the characters were more sympathetic than the first film as well. I hated the couple in the first film. <laughs> hated yeah. them with a passion. I wanted yeah. them to die. This was, um, this was definitely the first film in the series where the characters in it are actually quite likable. Except, except, except the... You say characters, right? The, the girl, the main girl. She yeah. was all right, and she was doing a good job. And I, by the end, I was thinking, I feel really sorry for you because you're the only one who's putting yeah. effort in and yeah. doing a good job. The dad, <laughs> what the hell, that dad? Who cast him? He, know, he looked like Shane Warne. He, <laughs> his his dialogue is the quality of a porn film. That's how bad it. Yeah, he wasn't great. He, he was I, did, I didn't like the mum. Uh, was just awful. Awful. The boyfriend's um, really annoying. The, boy, the, the, the boyfriend was a dick. Yeah. I quite liked him. I thought he was just really. I thought he was. I quite. I thought he had some funny lines. I I quite liked him. I just thought he was an absolute dick, except for the line where he said, where they were talking about her being a virgin and that's something to do with a demon and all this. And he he said, "Yeah, I've had I've had sex twice with three different people." And that that other other than that, I just thought he was a dick. Do you know? But when he's talking about like the weird kid, I've seen people be like that about odd people. He's like, "Oh fucking hell!" Look. Yeah, and he's yeah. like finding it absolutely hilarious how he's like, "Oh, that kid's awesome" because he's so. I've seen that seemed very realistic to me. I'm not saying he was. I'm saying I'd like to know him in real life. But I thought it. I thought. I thought the the young couple their dynamic was quite good and that's what kept me interested actually but at the same time it's also kind of what alienated me a bit in the sense that for the first time I imagine because the first one had no real humour I don't imagine 
I I get the impression this is the first time there was much humour in the series. And generally, if you add humour to a horror film, you take away the, the scares. Right, but you say scares. This is my next rant. You'll know what's how I'm getting about this film. Right? What's scary about it? I've thought about it, and until the very end, which I thought was disappointing, most of the stuff that's happening, I thought, do you know what? If that happened in my house, I wouldn't be bothered if you didn't wake me up in the middle of the night. <laughs> like, as long as you're not disturbing me and while I'm going about my business, I don't really care. Because nothing happens in there. Yeah, the scariest thing was the kid, actually, which wasn't supernatural. It was just a kid being weird. Like yeah. the fact that he climbed into bed with the girls, that was a bit weird. Yeah, but it's weird. It's unnerving. It's scary. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not. They weren't scared. There was. There was a couple of bits that were intended to make people jump, and judging by the cinema reaction, it did make some people jump. Yeah. Like where, you know, basically tricks with the camera to make yeah. it appear suddenly, shall we say? And that's that's not that's not what this film should be. It's supposed to be supernatural and paranormal, and, and you know. Spooky, and and it was like, oh, a door open. What do you do? The wind does that. I'm fucking terrible. <laughs> but I think you've got the just ah. Oh. But but Jay, if you, uh, okay. Jay, I was gonna say, Jerry, if you if you watch the first one, it's a lot better. Because do you agree with what I said at the beginning? The film builds up tension, and then there's no payoff to the tension. Absolutely. But we'll yeah. Spoiler alert. No, but I mean, yeah. but I mean, watch the first one. Watch and possibly the second and third. And they're a lot better at doing that. It's actually genuinely the stuff that happens is, you know, really makes you jump, makes you, you know, and you sometimes think, you know, if you hear noises, if you watched it at night in the dark on your own, and then you turned off the film, went to bed and started hearing stuff banging around after watching the first one, you'd be thinking, oh, you know, I don't like that. Whereas after the fourth one, you'd just be thinking, well, so what? Yeah, but I think what this does that, this and the third, uh, Paranormal Activity 3, though, you're right, they're not as scary in the same way that the first and second ones are, perhaps. But I think they're much more... The whole style of them is... It's, it seems a lot more clever with the cameras. It's not being funny, but having a, having a 15-year-old girl carry your laptop around to move your narrative along and FaceTime a boyfriend for, like, half the film, that isn't clever stylistically. It's just like, what the hell are you doing? I, I, I just, I, I can't buy into it. I mean, it's been, you know, she's carrying things up around and talking and I all this kind of I stuff. Think just, no. Jerry, Jerry is furious. The same issue. And <laughs> yeah. do you know what, do you know what the worst thing about it all was though, right? They set up all these recordings. You know, yeah. boyfriend goes to great trouble to set up all And then various, doesn't watch them. Yes. The various yeah. apples that they happen to have lying around the house, all these MacBooks and everything. And then they start what, they watch one or two of them at the start. And I thought, oh, this is good because actually, they're going to react to the film yeah. and they're watching it and watching it back and reacting and then they just stop watching it. And then he conveniently stops coming round. Yeah, he just he went on yeah. a holiday or something. Um, and I was like, I know, uh, okay, I know it's your email address and I know the password. Why Why are you struggling to open these files? Because I remember it from an hour ago. That annoyed and, me. And, you know, you were supposed to believe that she was some kind of, you know, she wasn't very good with tech, and she, you know, she was using technology all the time. That's how the film works, was because she was using technology. Like, I mean, just ah, oh. I can... it was so bad. It was just so so bad. I, I expected so much more from the first fifteen minutes as well. I yeah, I, I think it started off well. I, 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 I do. What um, what I didn't like is them kind of making a joke of the fact that they're recording stupid stuff, like because that's pointing out to me that. Yeah, normal people don't record the stuff that you're recording. And they're like going, oh, let's just make a joke of it because then people accept it. I don't. Um, but going back to 
what Owen said originally, actually. I can understand the sense that Owen's saying this has continued the, the narrative and the story mm. arc, and you get in the back, and I can sympathise with that. Not in this particular, not on this particular series. I don't have an interest in the Paranormal Activity series. I probably will never watch another one again. But I, it reminds me a little bit of um, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which I used to watch religiously. And every episode, some episodes would be a bit kind of more action orientated and stuff like that. But quite often, I was far more interested in the small bits of information in the background, and I was interested more in the, the overall story arc. And so, if you are a fan of the series, I can see why maybe, in terms of the story and the mythology around paranormal activity, this would be a positive entry in the canon. Essentially, yeah. what you've just done is justified alien resurrection. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That, that well, it's the same I, thing, I, isn't on, it? On, on that... It's not quite the same, though, because, it, I mean, I think what one of the problems that both you and James will have with it is the ending, because that will just seem like it's come out of nowhere and makes absolutely no sense. But it, it does, narratively. I mean, it... it not necessarily, no. We'll, we'll get on to that in a minute. Okay. Well, let's move on to it now because we're all before talking. We do, we're, we're all talking we'll, in. We'll turn it off this, before spoiler alert, right? I'll tell you, the, this is the first time ever where I've actually replied to a text during a film in the cinema. That's how bad this film is. I You're... actually broke my no texting rule because I just didn't care. Anyway, didn't anyway, let's move on to spoiler alert because we're talking in riddles now about the film. <laughs> um, but yes, James, what are we watching next week? Uh, next, oh, been waiting for this for ages. Um, uh, the Batman special that we had it is our most popular podcast ever, and so we're hoping, in pure Hollywood flogging a dead horse style, we're going to do a Bond special. So uh, yeah, Skyfall is out on Friday. Uh, the next failed critics review is going to be a Bond special. We will have been watching Bond films. There'll be a Bond theme quiz, and then. There will be what I'm sure is the highly anticipated failed critics' reaction to Skyfall. None of this premiere rubbish. No, none of that. Um, the website. Critics, that's what you want. Yeah. The website is? Failedcritics.com. Facebook is? Facebook.com slash failedcritic. Twitter is? At failedcritics. There you go. And I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you know where to find the podcast. And if, in, so. and, and, if, <laughs> and if you don't, if you don't, just ask the person who put it on. They'll tell you. There you nice. go. Or give them their phone back. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> if you've stolen this from somebody, please return it. But, can... but tell them that this was good. Yeah. Hand <laughs> it back, but with some praise, saying thanks. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't download a car. Fuck you, man. I wouldn't if I could. Uh, anyway, yes, on to spoiler alert. So don't listen if you don't want Paranormal Activity 4 spoiled for you. Okay, can I just jump Be straight clear. in and talk about the ending then? Yeah. Witches! <laughs> well, yeah, you see. Hundreds of the fuckers! <laughs> so, but that, that part with um, like all the people who keep turning up at the house yeah. and... Uh, with, at the end, when there's just like yeah, hundreds of I these witches. I thought that was a swingers party. <laughs> sexy witches. Yeah, sexy witches. But um, that 
it ties into the third film. Oh yeah, it ties into to the series of films. It ties into. Judging by what I've read about the first one, it ties into that as well, doesn't it? Um, not yes, so, is is it more, it, more so the third, isn't it? Which mm. is covered? Is that? Is, am I right in thinking that? Um, yes. That, that only appears in the third one, though. Yeah, you only okay. see them in the third. Oh, not according to the Wikipedia summary that. I... <laughs> no, I never think... trust Wiki. James Wales, or whatever his name, he's a lying <laughs> bastard. <laughs> Um, yeah, so they're, they're part of a cult, which you kind of find out about in the second film, I think. I think they talk about them in the second film. Yeah. When they do research in a library or something, if I remember correctly. But then the third film is where you actually see them for the first time. Mm. And that is just, I found, when that camera panned around at the end of a panel like 54 and you saw them, that made me jump. And the, the similar effect takes place in Paranormal Activity 3. And that made me jump as well. And I thought, yeah, it may be people like yourselves who haven't seen mm. the other two, uh, the other three, sorry. But to, but to not quite get the same impact. Well, to, ex- to explain it, really, the, the third film in the series is a prequel to the rest. Yeah. One and two. <laughs> VHS never recorded in that decent quality. <laughs> one, and, one and two take place at kind of the same time. Well, the endings take place yeah. at the same time, but the films, you know... Which, to be fair, they, they did the exposition at the beginning of this quite yeah. well, because I hadn't seen two, yeah. but I got the impression. Although I did read the Wikipedia page yeah. as well. Four, four, take, four, what was going on. four takes place four or five years after two, and three takes place when the sisters from two, and well, and one as well, and one, yeah. Uh, yeah. Are, are children themselves. So, no, I suppose, 20-odd years prior to one and two. In terms of the time difference, Owen, can you explain to me why there is some random kid now rather than the kid who got kidnapped? Because he's yeah. grown up a bit. He, when he was kidnapped, he was just like a little... No, but who, no, who's no. the odd kid then? Yeah. Who's the odd kid? He's well, we don't know. Because most is he a kidnapped baby or is he just like what? Is he, is he that and they just changed That's his name? The kidnapped baby was the family's Wyatt, yeah. kid, wasn't it? Yeah, which yeah. which is hard to so, explain because you know at the end of two and the end of uh, at the beginning of four, it said that what's her name, Kerry or Kelly or whatever, and Hunter haven't been seen or heard or no one knows where they are Kate. since. Katie, yeah, 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 Katie, that's it. And then this kid somehow ended up in an adoption process, like an orphanage or whatever. However, you get adopted if you're yeah. in America and you're yeah. adopting when you're like one years old. And he's they in. They just leave you at fire stations. Mm. I'm pretty sure that's how the American adoption system works. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then you can just come in and pick one. That's the American demographic out. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. So, do they just sort of have like, you know, uh, all these babies that get left at fire stations, raffle them off to raise money for yeah, the fire yeah, stations? Yeah, come to collect them, just raffle them off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the way it works. Or, or, I'll work in child protection. Or a, yeah. a hoop laugh, but you know, you've got, to, you've got to throw a hoop over the baby's head to win it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, the witches, if you, yeah, this, this is where me and Jerry, have, although it's quite interesting to hear Steve's reaction to the film as someone who did like the first three, but clearly this film hasn't been made for me and Jerry. And we do have to, and I'm happy to hold my hand up and go, A, I don't like fan footage. It's like someone who hates musicals going to see Les Mis 
which is what I'm going to make you all do, um, uh, when it's <laughs> in January, and saying, oh, that was fucking shit. I hated the fact that people burst into song on time. The fact is, me and Jerry cannot get past the found footage element. Okay, and we both said why we can't, and I and I think we both make very valid points. Well, what, but it's still a subjective thing. Have you ever watched a found footage film that you've liked? Um, Man bites dog. Um, Cloverfield was alright, weren't that bad. Um, I I did Blair like projects. I did quite like Blair Witch Project, but you see, with me, if it's found, there's and it's weird. I then split found footage into yet more subgenres, and there is the one with documentary gone wrong which i can understand people filming because they're filming for a documentary and in documentaries you film everything okay so i can understand that and then there's the found footage of oh look i've just bought a video camera or look it's on my phone and that found footage i cannot i just cannot get into it and it and i haven't watched chronicle yet and i've i've got a feeling that despite loads of people telling me that brilliant i'm i still think there's i'm gonna have this barrier where it's oh, it's a kid who films ever. I don't believe no. that. I just don't believe it. No, what? What? Um, seriously? If you, Chronicle. Yeah, watch Chronicle and watch Troll Hunter. Okay. Although Troll Hunter, they're a documentary team. Yeah. Documentary. So that, I, I, I believe that. But um, yeah. But by, by, by the podcast after the Bond special, I want you to watch Troll Hunter and tell me tell me what you think. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take that as a challenge. I'll, it I'll might be that. on Love Film Insta, James. It was. Yes, I, I did watch it on Love Film. Yeah. Yeah, I think no, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll watch it. No, I, 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 and I do want to watch it. Um, apparently, it's Norwegian. I didn't realise it's actually comedians in Norway. Uh, I didn't realise and that. Then, so. And then, and then on your Netflix, after you've watched it, you get like because you've watched Troll Hunter, a series of sort of Norwegian films, then that you're never ever going to watch. But it's, it's nice to be to have that suggested to. Oh, it'd be that'd be better than. Um, because you watch Dora the Explorer, because I've put on programs for my kids, it's messed up my recommendations completely. Nightmare. Um, but yeah, I, I've completely forgotten where we were anyway. But I, I was just trying to cut Owen a little bit of slack, because I know that he, we were prepared to eviscerate his film, and I told him <laughs> he's not allowed to pick any more films for three months he's on back. But I, I am man enough to hold up my hand and say, this film wasn't for me. It didn't convert me. Yeah, well, look, it, it, regardless of the found footage problem, which I do have a problem with, but I, I, it has been successful in other situations. The problem with this film is not enough happens at all. And there isn't a payoff at the end to, to pay off, you know, putting up with the sort of slower build-up that you, you seem to think is happening because you're thinking, well, why is nothing happening? Oh, well, they must be building up something and trying to ratchet the tension up and everything. But it, it wasn't. I think there is stuff that's happening, though. It's just, um, I mean, I suppose in, in a way, it's like a Stuart Lee routine, isn't it? You think there's no jokes, but it's funny. And I think with this, you think there's nothing happening. But for me, it's still, it's still continuing the story that I quite enjoy watching and finding out about, and I still want to find more out about it. It's one of the few films I'm quite glad has turned into a franchise, because it's one that I think there is room to manoeuvre and tell more. And because of the slow way that the, the, the story gets leaked out through the films, that, yeah, you can do it this way and there can be more to tell at the end of each film and still leave me quite satisfied. Um, but the, I think the, 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 the thing with it as well, the scares are, aren't are scares in so much as, um, you know, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They aren't scares in so much as they don't scare anyone at all. They, but they're jumps. 
you know, they make you jump. And yeah. I don't think, think I don't. I don't think they did this time around. Whereas the first three films, it did that. It'd be really tense, and then something could happen. It'd make you jump, and it'd make you feel uneasy and everything. I don't think it did in this film. You you feel tense in the build-up. I even thought, I thought once it got towards the end, I thought, right, it's stuff actually happening in the daytime now when it's light. So that's, you know, which doesn't usually happen in horror. Everything usually happens at night when it's dark. And it's happening in the day. I thought, well, that's gonna, you know, something's gonna happen here. And it just didn't yeah. really. It was just sort of. It was the thing with the knife, and it's like, you know, you've got this knife block, oh, yeah, yeah, and then that's like out the table, and you're just like, oh, well, what? I'm, I'm not, I know it's a cliche, which is making hate someone. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I mean, the series for me now is is gone beyond being something I want to watch to get scared by. It's at a point where I think. This is the story I want to, to find more about the character. Well, not necessarily the characters, but just uh, Katie and, you know, Hunter. I want to see yeah. what happens to them. I want to see what they've been doing. I want to see how they've gotten to where they are. And then I want to see what, what's going to happen to them as they carry on. And the scares, I mean, I think we're all in agreement that they're, they're not as, they're not, they're just not really scary in this. Yeah. Which is a, and, it and is I a get shame. quite easily scared by ghost stories. And the yeah. only thing that really, actually, there were two scares for me pretty much, and that was when, well, a jump was when her boyfriend came in and pulled her off the bed, like the fake, (laughs) the fake out jump. Uh, And actually, I did find the scene in the garage with the car quite unsettling. It it wasn't a jump. That was an unsettling moment. Oh, oh, I just want to say the other thing that annoyed me, actually, the Shining reference. Oh, I like that. See, that just seems horribly crowbarred into oh, me. I didn't I, like that at all. I really like that. I, as soon as it's happening, I was like, oh, I like, I, this is a little reference to another film I love. Oh, see, see, and I just wrote down fucking Shining reference. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the other films have been quite good at keeping those references out of it. But when yeah. it was right on the trike, I just thought, oh, that's quite nice. I quite like that. They acknowledge that actually they're not all that original. They are pe- taking a lot of stuff from other films. Yeah. And, they're influenced by the films. It's quite nice, I thought. So, Owen, it's another moment where it made me go, oh, this is a film that I'm watching rather than real life. That, that, it just pulled okay. me out again a little bit, yeah. So, yeah, Owen, um, where does this series of films, this franchise, go from here? Well, I want to find out more about the, uh, uh, Robbie. Can the writers just like Ringo it up, tell them what happens in the story, and then never have to bother the rest of the <laughs> oh, oh, that's me. That's unfair. <laughs> I, I really, I mean, I, I've it's already been up. greenlit, by the way, Jerry. Just to let yes, you know, it was greenlit this week because it made thirty million in the US box office in its opening weekend. Of course, it made it made more than its money back in its opening weekend in one country. Of course, it's going to be greenlit. This will go on yeah. for another five films. This film, it's like the Saw films. You know, it's just a little. Mm. I think I, it's. I think there's films that we've watched this year on the podcast that I haven't liked. You know, Dark Shadows, I wasn't a fan, but I could find some positives. And this one, I absolutely hated it. I felt cheated out of my money. Oh, goodness. <laughs> but you have gone into the, like, fourth film of a franchise where, yeah. where it's different to Saw films, where you could go into, to watch, like, Saw 3 and go, okay. Well, it doesn't really matter that I've not seen the first two because this has got a self-contained story and it's all happening and, you know, whereas that's one of the things I quite like about the paranormal activity films. It isn't just like each film's a self-contained story. I know James mentioned Buffy earlier. The first mm. series of Buffy is just a monster of the week kind mm. of series. It's not until later on, maybe halfway through the second series, where it starts to really 
cleverly working this overarching sort of theme yeah. and narrative. And I think Paranormal Activity started out as a standalone film, and it's grown into this kind of this string of stories. And uh, it's 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 a little bit different to most of the horror franchises. I mean, we talked before, didn't we, about like, Hellraiser and Halloween and stuff. Mm. Each of those films isn't necessarily one that continues the story from the previous film. They might have interlinking things like four and five are all about yeah. um, the little girl. But, you know, this is... The Paranormal Activity films are definitely a series of films or chapters to a story. So to cut it off at four would be really, really mean on people like me who've invested a lot of money and, and, and enjoyment. Oh, and do explain it all. Okay. I mean, you say it's progressing, though. I mean, what did you really learn about that Katie character in this in this story? Yeah. Well, Katie, you kind of don't know what happened to her. So now you know that she's, okay, she's there. She's She's got this other kid. She's trying to get hold of Hunter again. So something must have gone along the way. She's, she's lost Hunter at some point. Uh, and he's been taken into this adoption agency. And then he's with this other family. You kind of learn that the demon is still trying to get Hunter. So there's something to do with with Hunter and not perhaps not necessarily Katie anymore. It's maybe moved on. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of different interlinking plots with the with the demon. He's he's basically the demon's the only character that links the whole thing together. How does how does Katie find where Hunter's living? Does she like there's well, one, yeah, there's one, mean, there's one we, of these witches appear to her like Obi Wan Kenobi on Hoth. You, know, you must go to the Dagobah <laughs> system. <laughs> uh, I, 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 Owen, I've got a serious question for you here. Then, um, do you do you think they should continue? Obviously, the found footage uh, motif is uh, is the kind of series trademark. Um, but if you're interested in the story, do you think that do you think there's anywhere they can go with found footage, or do you think actually would it be quite uh, brave if they dropped the found footage thing but continued the story? Um, no, I, I would be happy for them to drop found footage okay. as a as sort of method of making the films. I quite like found, you know, I'm sure Steve will back me up as well when I say that found footage films, not necessarily fame footage documentary style but fame footage films in general when they're done well yeah and i think having normal activity films are they're really good I've, and i think i've seen some excellent found footage films i've also seen some really crap ones like the one that was oh, set, yeah, yeah a pie I mean, whatever on the moon yeah rubbish i mean <laughs> really an <laughs> oh, yeah, hour and a half of my life that, i'll never yeah, get I've back seen some good action films yeah no i i, I, I appreciate that there's good found footage films out there it's just this isn't one of them Mm, I I think it is, and I think it uh, you know fame footage films of any genre. There's one that's coming out soon, isn't it, with Jake Gyllenhaal and and someone as like cops, a buddy cop film, which is like a fame footage film. Oh which, yeah, I, I think it's seriously. Oh yeah, yes. again, that is using that from the trailer anyway. That is using things that I believe that people record it. This I, I know it I know it sounds really pedantic, but from the looks of it it's using in car cameras and kind of helmet cams and the types of things you see on cops, um and police camera action if you're English. Um uh, with uh Alistair Stewart. Um but yeah, again that I can believe a bit more. Actually I quite like the idea of mixing found footage with um with standard narrative exposition as well. I've got no issue with that. 
like I say, I, I've got a, I've got an issue with a very specific type of fan footage film, and, and I can't get over it. Uh, That's my own problem. One one final okay. thing before oh, we finish this that. this podcast, because we're getting into dangerously let's rant on for ages <laughs> territory like we used to. Um, in the kids' bedroom in this film, I, I just didn't know what this was. Little frog-looking thing that seemed to have water, like mist coming out the top. What is the hell? It, what is a fire? Yeah. What the hell is that for? It's for horribly middle-class American people who have too many MacBooks. There we go. Too much <laughs> stuff like that, that. That bothered me. That bothered me more during the film than the bloody ghost or the spirit or the demon. I think. Which says that? it all about how unscary <laughs> most of the scares. Were. Oh, yeah, but the thing that did freak me out actually. Down in their dining room, they had like a kind of child circus tent. Do you remember seeing yeah. that? Like, yeah, I've got that in my house. <laughs> that was the thing that scared me the most. It was like, oh, really? oh, that's mine. Oh shit. <laughs> I was thinking, oh shit, like, these classless people have the same thing as me. I'll get It's an Ikea. It's 20 quid in Ikea. That's all it is. There we go. Um, yeah, join. <laughs> That humidifier thing, though, I think, sorry, Steve, I know we're trying to wrap it up. It's a good example, actually. Of, you know, I know you said you don't think it's scary, Jay. I feel like everything that's been said so far, I'm like, yeah, but, yeah, but I know, but, but there's things like that that are in there that are designed to make you look at them, to either distract you from something else that's going on, or to even build up a, like, a, ramp up some kind of tension or suspense, because you think something's going to happen with it. I can understand the, the sort of purpose of it, but I just thought it wasn't used properly. And in the ending we've talked about, it's not, there was, it just stopped and there, there needed to be more of a payoff and I thought that was the same with all the scares as there wasn't really any payoff with the scares. And don't get me wrong, the film did quite well at building tension in certain well, places. There, there we go, hang on. Right, I've challenged James to watch The Troll Hunter before, yeah. for the, for the, po- for the podcast after Bond. Jerry, your challenge is to watch the first Paranormal Activity for that same podcast. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad they do it because by the sounds of it, it's a better film. There we go. Yeah, Owen posts his discs freely. Yeah. Good lad. Right. Um, yes. Join us in a couple of days for Triple Bill, um, which is James. Um, it, it's just our favourite scary films. So let's just yeah, leave it at that. Okay. Um, right. Yes, thank you for listening. Um, thanks everyone for joining me, and thanks for Kevin McLeod for the music. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.